Hello and welcome to Thanks for Asking. My name is Doris. I'm the host of this show. I'm sure you already know that. Today I want to talk a bit about something. I'll just call it reading the room, right? So sometimes people say, oh, uh, read the room or, or wait to read the room if someone is saying something like they're not supposed to be saying, you know. Um, and I don't think that people do that enough. You know, I'm not some kind of you know, moral judge or whatever that goes around just thinking or saying things that people are doing wrong. But sometimes when I find myself in a situation and, you know, I see something, <laughs> I was going to say, see something, say something. That's a train station pun. Anyway, so if I see something, I most likely will say something to myself in my head, right? But now this podcast is the outlet for me to actually just, you know, spill it and just say, you know, my view on things or my views on things like that. Um, so this issue of reading the room, have you, okay, let me ask the question like this. Have you ever been in a situation, um, where you're in this, in a space, you know, you're with people and someone is saying something or acting in a certain way and you are uncomfortable for them. You're also uncomfortable for the other people in the room because you know that this is not the right place for this. This is not the time. Can we do this later? Or can we not do this at all? You know, um, so those kind of awkward moments just come out of that kind of thing where someone is saying something like, for Christ's sake, let me give an example. Um, without even offending, um, they say this, let's say you go into a room that has um, people that are dealing with disabilities. You, know, you see somebody standing, in, the person in front of the room is on a wheelchair and you start saying, everybody stand up and give, you know, clap, 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 everybody, you know, clap, everybody on your feet, on your feet, you know. Everybody's looking at you. Like, can't you see that there's somebody that cannot do that? You know, that's ju- that's just one example. But there are several examples of um, situations where someone is, you know, just not being aware of their environment and just, you know, aligning to that, you know, to the reality that's around them. Um, so that's what I mean by reading the room. To be fair. Um, so I think this came to my mind to talk about because, okay, so a day in the life. Let me tell you what I've done today. Maybe then you understand why I'm talking about this. So it's a Saturday, um, obviously for those of us that do the nine to five life, Saturdays are like gold, uh, weekends are like gold, but you know, one thing, I think the irony of it is that you, you, you wait for the weekend and then the weekend comes and you have those two days, Saturday, Sunday, and you do not know what you do with it. The, the hours fly by so fast before you look up, you see, it's like 15, 36, that's almost 4 PM, you know, and you're like, what have I even done with today? So that always happens to me. I think I get more use out of Sunday than Saturday because Saturday is just, I don't know, maybe Friday extension because nothing pivotal happens. It has even, I hardly even go out or hang out with people or whatever on Saturdays, just lazing about in the house on Instagram, watching something on TV before you know it, the entire day is gone. And you keep saying to yourself, I want to achieve something today. I want to achieve something today. Bollocks, nothing eventually happens. So um, this, is, this is one of those kind of days that I can tell you now gone to my head ask me what you've done today <laughs> how did you meet your personal kpis and i don't have an answer because i don't know what i've done with today but one thing i'm i'm sure happy that i did today was i drove out to buy some records yeah so i love jazz music a lot i'm an old soul and you know growing up you know they, you know there used to be these turntables in homes you know where you have the vinyl records they are playing sonia day on saturday mornings um when you're what's the other guy named sonia okosun you know steven osita osadebe those kind of records i grew up um you know seeing the men of the homes you know have this big turntables where they play these records and it was just i think it's very nostalgic right so um growing up now i listen to a lot of jazz music 
Uh, I go to jazz clubs and it's just an, an art form that I really respect and really, really enjoy. Um, and, you know, there's this portable turntables are now, you know, they're now a rave, they're catching on. Uh, so like a week ago, I eventually, you know, succumbed to the pressure and said, okay, let me not just be listening to jazz music on my phone. Let me actually buy a turntable because it's a very Doris thing to do. So yes, I purchased a turntable, portable turntable. It's about those, this brand is from Agos. It's called Bush. Um, it's just a standard um, retro. It has a retro feel. So there are different colors. It has brown, black, red, teal green. Um, I think there's another popular brand as well that does them, Crossley. So Crossley has a lot of very girly colors. I mean, the pinks, the pastel yellow, um, the brown, the green. So all them blogger, blogger type YouTube girls always have have it i think people even just use it to decorate their rooms or whatever they don't even probably not don't listen to them some of them also have bluetooth functionality you can connect your phone and play music from it and everything but i i am just very silly so for me i did not want to go with those ones that were now that had too many techie um features so to speak because i feel like for the fact that we have the turntable and the speaker in one box, we have we've deviated a lot from the original thing. And we're buying it for like £30. Obviously, this is just a joke. To now start adding other gimmicks like, you know, Bluetooth connection, um, Wi-Fi. Oh, you can connect it to your phone and do whatever. I just feel like now we're stretching it. So, yeah, mine is just the basic version. Right. So, I bought that. And then after you buy the thing, you have to buy vinyls, right? And I was now remembering in Ghana last year over Christmas... We went to the arts and crafts market in Accra and there was this vinyl shop. I remember I was even dancing. I think I have videos on my Instagram and I was dancing because the guy had such an array. And just remember now he had jazz musicians. He had a lot of high life. You know, Ghana people also have a lot of high life music. Um, Nigerian, Fela, there, were, there was just a lot of, there was a lot of um, um, variety in that shop. So, but it is what it is now. Um, just now I had to go to Lagos to find somewhere. No, now that I'm in Lagos, I had to find somewhere that I could buy the vinyls from. Um, so there's this page I've been following on Instagram since when I was living in Abuja. I started following that page in 2017. It's called Jazz Hall Lagos. This was when I was looking up like jazz clubs in Nigeria, you know, those kind of things, because that's what I like to do when I travel. And I found one. And I always knew that Lagos, so there's also Miliki as well. Miliki, they also have like live bands. Um, there's also like a jazz type of jazzy, let's just say jazzy type of... Uh, establishment right so i found jazz hall and i've been following them they some at the time before covid they used to even have like listening parties they would even bring like maybe a jazz artist or like an alternative sound artist to come and just talk they also had a lot of books as well so imagine when you combine a bookstore with a jazz um record store you know for me that's you're combining two things i love a lot so i was always saying that whenever i come to lagos i would just even go there to visit to see if I would buy anything. So now living here, I've been living here for, I I don't know, 18 odd months. And I haven't even gone there. <laughs> Shame on you, Doris. So yeah, that's the one thing I can take on my list of to-dos, my non-existent to-do list for today that I eventually did. So I drove out to Ikoyi, where, where it's located, somewhere on Awolowo Road. Packed my car in front. Just looking at it from the outside, it looked like my kind of place. I mean, it wasn't any kind of, you know, fancy sign outside with all the things uh, coming here and buying what we sell. In fact, you wouldn't even know it was there if you did not look, you know, 
Anyway, so I went in and it was really, really nice. You know, it just had that old feel. It just had that record store feel. There tons and tons of vinyl records, CDs, and the books as well. Beautiful coffee table books. I didn't even want to look because I've told myself, Doris, you need to stop buying books. So I did not even look at the books, but they had an array, especially for art lovers. There were a lot of, you know, books about Nigerian arts. You had coffee table books of collections of Nigerian art artists. Then they had a coffee shop inside. So you really had to, I walked in, I was almost getting, and I saw a coffee shop. and like, yeah, they have a coffee shop here. I was like, whoa, this is really nice. Um, yeah. Only snag is they said no pictures inside. And I was like, it probably would be that they don't want the competition to see how they sell, how what they sell, or whatever. Maybe they are the stash of stuff, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, they didn't allow pictures in there, which was quite disappointing. Not like I want to take any pictures, but I don't like someone saying to me, don't do something. Because I'm like, huh? I'm going to come in here and spend my money and you tell me what to do and what not to do? Yeah, I'm just sounding like a brat right now. But I I mean, like, it has to, it has to make sense. Why wouldn't you allow pictures in the place? Regardless, um, the owner of the store... Some elderly gentleman, not elderly, but maybe late 50s, early 60s. He was quite nice. Um, he was very helpful. Asked me, just tell me, just say, give me names, give me names. Who do you want? Who do you want? I'll show you, I'll tell you. And I was giving him these names and he wasn't coming back with anything. So uh, I don't know. Uh, he says, because they are some kind of people, they collect, so people bring things. So whenever they have new stock, they put it on their Instagram page. So I should. Follow them on Instagram and keep refreshing. I said, Uncle, I already follow you on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, I couldn't find everything I went there looking for. But I did have a couple of jazz artists that I like. They had Billie Holiday. They had El- Elijah Fields Gerald. They had Louis Armstrong, of course. They should have that. Um, who else again? Miles Davis. A couple of people. Um, and then, most importantly, the African artists. I mean, like King Sonia Ade, Olusadebe. There was a guy called Dele Abiodun. Is that what he had? Like a lot of records, over a hundred records of the guy. I'd never heard of him before. Um, Nat King Cole. Uh, they had all the Mali people. Yusuf Endor. Um, you know, those that generation of artists. So yeah, the music was there. It was actually I just walked into a den of uh, a legend. You know. Uh, no, a den of legends, you know, like everywhere you look, you're seeing one legend, one legend, one legend, every single place around. So it was really, really nice. I like those kind of things. Um, Yeah, so he was quite helpful when I told him, oh, I like Ebenezer Obey a lot. He was like, oh, okay, look this way. I started picking up them CDs from there. I picked up one Billy Holiday as well, turned around and it was 25,000 naira. I was like, shoot me. So yeah, for my listeners outside of Nigeria, 25,000 naira would be about $50. Yeah, maybe in the scheme of things, it's not expensive, but in my country, that's a bit on the high side. I asked for Fela, and he said Fela albums, they don't really keep them because they are quite expensive, so they don't hold inventory. So when it comes, it just flies off, and they actually start from $100 per piece. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to pay $100 for vinyl records that I already have on my phone. I mean, I have the songs on my phone, the MP3 versions, right? So it's just a nice to have, but it also has to be reasonable. So the ones I eventually bought were around 5,000, 6,000. You know, I bought one or, about three or four of them. Yeah, but that's because I actually want to listen to, using use the turntable and hear how the music sounds and all of that. So um, I know I have just gone off a tangent, but I, this conversation really is really about a day in my life um, and some of the things I've learned, you know. So when I was in that shop, I think when I actually walked in, 
Um, I met the owner of the shop talking to a young guy. You know, this guy is dressed like an alternative. You know, those people they call alter in Lagos. You know, you can just tell that being in this jazz hall is his type of place. You know, so I walked in and you know I just said hello to them and you know started looking around the shop because it was my first time there. So they were having a chat and it was quite interesting because I was overhearing it. Um, the young guy was talking about how the impact of colonialism and slavery on us as Africans, that we don't even know how far-reaching it is. Sometimes it, it's everybody needs to just sit down with themselves and ask themselves, like, am I the person I really am? Or is it the impact of what my environment has said? And what, where, where, where can I start to separate, you know, the impact of this or the effects of this colonialism on my real person and all of that? So he was, it was a very, very interesting conversation. For me, especially seeing the generations that were having this chat. I mean, that guy couldn't be anything more than maybe 25. And then the older man was maybe in 55 or 60. So, I mean, you can see like the 30-odd year gap, yet they were having conversations that seemed like they respected each other's opinions. Um, the, so the young guy is schooling in Columbia University in, in America. So he's talking about how he, he started up a, a club in the school where people could, you know, just join and start to talk about this, these issues, especially um, Af- people of African origin, black Americans, everyone is welcome really to just come and talk about it, gain this awareness so that we are all aware because he finds that when he talks to his fellow young people, people are not as aware as he hoped they would be. And I, I almost wanted to say, oh my God, I agree with you because this is the same sentiment I have. Most of the time you talk to somebody, anything outside of just normal chit chat, hey, what's going on? What did you buy? What clothes are you wearing? Whatever. People do not even want to go deeper than, you know, I feel like everybody's information starts from like maybe maximum 90s and that's the end. Nobody even just wants to worry their beautiful heads over uh, things that happened in the 80s, 70s, 60s, you know, it's like, why should I care about that? So um, I I understood that he saw the need to start up a club to just, you know, get people aware. So as they were having the chat, some some guy walked in, calls himself, uh, no, he comes in and says hi to the older gentleman. So they exchange pleasantries and everything. And then he says, oh, I want you to meet my friend. Oh, this is my friend. It was uh, So the older gentleman now is introducing this new guy to the, the younger guy he was having a chat with earlier. And he said, um, this guy is the son of so-so-so person. And whatever. So this new guy now says, wow, that's good. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you're his son. Oh, I know. I know you're that. He said, my name is so, so, so. I am a political activist. And instead of reeling out all the things that he was. And to me, I already rolled my eyes in my head. I'm like, political activist. This conversation is about to go left now. Like this thing I'm enjoying, this gist gist I'm hearing is obviously just going to go a different direction. But he... He came in and then they, they, he just introduced himself and they started just chatting, chatting, he started saying all the things. I've done work in South Africa, Canada, which Canada, um, Nigeria, Syria alone. He was just reeling out Ghana, blah, 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 stuff, stuff, stuff. So the older man now said to him, okay, can't you, yeah, that's even true. You can tell him what you told me that you said to his dad when you met his dad. Because I know you're such a, you're, you're a huge admirer of his dad. Why don't you just discuss with the son, blah, blah. This political activist... Now started saying to the boy, yeah, I remember when I met your dad, I asked him, um, how does he feel about fighting for Nigeria, given the current state of the country? Does he feel like he was a waste of time or he wasn't, blah, blah. And your dad said, uh, he tries not to think about it because he doesn't even have an answer for me, to be fair, that he just tries not to worry so much about it and everything. And the young boy was like, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, you know, those people actually put, put in the fight. They actually cared about this country and everything. Political activists now started going on and on about how 
yeah to their own detriment because i know i have done this i've researched this country there's no point killing yourself for this country this country is not worth it in fact your father is the poster child for not caring about this country because he just did it for nothing he suffered for no reason you know whatever, whatever. and now everybody were learning from him that you just do the bare minimum and don't worry no, no don't even do it because if you want to really go out there and fight i mean this man went to jail for this country he was just saying it like that with so insensitive saying making it sound as if the guy's father you know just was stupid in his decision making to actually be, he was saying things like who does that like why would anybody do that you know even among his peers he was the only one that was really fighting 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 a bacha how can you do that wow i was just like wow like dude you're talking to the man's son for christ's sake maybe this may be something that they are so proud of as a family that our, our dad stood for something and you're making it into oh your dad was stupid for doing that you know, so the the younger guy was really just trying to, when I say deflect, not really just, you know, answer, answer like that. He was just saying, well, it's just what it is. What would you do now? Whatever. This Agbaya man now asked him again. Um, I hope you guys are not too hard on him. The guy was like, no, he's the one who's hard on us. He keeps saying to us, we're not doing enough for the country, that we can actually push and do better and everything. The guy was like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, because I know that Walesho Inca's children are always saying that, you know, their father just wasted his youth, you know, fighting for this country. And they, they have some resentment for their father about this and everything. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, can you read the room? This guy has actually answered your question perfectly by saying, my dad still believes so much in this country that he's telling us to do more. I've just heard this guy talk about talk talk about educating people about the impacts of colonialism and, you know, whatever. For the past 15, 20 minutes, you've come in here now saying to this guy, your father was just a waste of space, waste of time. He didn't have any business doing what he did. Nobody thanks him for it. I was like, wow. Like, how do we tell people to read the room? I already knew that the moment this guy came in and called himself what he called himself, political activist or all that bullshit, that this conversation was going to go left. But I never knew that it would be this insensitive in a, in a way, you know. And you know, at this point, I was actually just ready to buy, pay my thing, pay for my thing and go. So they kept just having a chat and the young boy just, you know, he was just really withdrawing and just, you know, the thing just actually, and even the older man just, he wasn't even putting any matter anymore into the whole thing. Um, So he just brought me to that whole thing of, wow. When do we learn to read the room? Because it's not every communication that is verbal. It's not every communication that comes through. Maybe you know, body language could be one thing. I mean, but we know the split between body language, tone, and you know, voice, right? So, do not expect that people are gonna say, "Oh, I'm not comfortable with you having that conversation" or whatever. Like some things we're supposed to just infer. We're supposed to use our own brains. Think about how does this sound on the other end? If I was the one on the other end listening to myself, how would I feel? You know. And you will understand that this is not the time for it. This is not the place for it. So this thing about reading the room, I, I always think to myself that, oh my God, Doris, you need to learn to read the room. Sometimes you may be very happy about something or you've just come back from, from a holiday or something that's very good has happened to you. And maybe people around you are disgruntled or they're not really feeling it. You don't say anything about it. Like just blend in, you know, just keep quiet. When you find a room that you're comfortable being yourself and talking and having a laugh, you will, you know. Sometimes what I do is I disguise it with humor. So that's another trick I learned. Like if I feel like there's something that I may have said or and then I think back and say, oh, how my sure those people would have liked it. I rather just, you know, make it humorous. So I'm never going to go in and be doing bang, 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 bang. Like things like, for instance, you go into a room and say, oh, have you guys gone on holiday this year? And like, we cannot afford a holiday. You say, oh my God, my holiday was the best. I went here. I did this. I did that. You're being, you're not reading the room. 
However, when you then you come in and say like rather than say have you gone on holiday this year, you don't even say anything. Someone says to you, oh you went on holiday. Oh yes I did. Oh how was it? Uh, worst decision of my life. I mean I, I regret it because I could have used that money to do something else. You can just say that and make a and make a joke and say anyway it was worth it because I finally went to breathe you know air outside of Nigeria for a breathe for a second blah blah blah, blah and almost you choke you know just say something funny. Yeah, to diffuse the situation, but it's about reading the room to be fair. And this old, older, because this political activist guy can't be anything less than 40, he actually just fell my hand, which is a way of saying I was a bit disappointed because I felt like you should be able to have that emotional intelligence to know that you don't come to somebody's son and start slagging him off and saying your father just wasted time. Like it makes no sense. And this is a young boy that is so, he's, he believes in this cause, he's even championing it in his school. All the way in America, and you're here saying that uh, I hope you're not hard on your father for your father being doing like how the hell do you say that somebody's son? And then you're even there, see the boy very uncomfortable. You see the old man that introduces the boy actually very uncomfortable. Nobody's saying anything anymore, and you keep going on and on and on, and you are talking. And there are other people in the room. It's a freaking record store. I don't have to know what I know right now. I don't have to be making this podcast about this thing because if this political activist is not just Coming, coming, yapping, yapping, yapping. I wouldn't have known all of this. So, just had me feeling like kind of way. I was like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so I may just be the one that's pressed about it. Maybe the young boy is used to getting that, or maybe not. But um, I think it's just a teachable moment for everybody. Like for me, I, I, I skip. I continue to learn. I continue to learn, and I've seen it with a lot of adults that they don't know how to do that. You know. This thing is called social consciousness, social awareness, or being woke. Some people say it with some kind of negative undertone. I, I don't see anything that is negative that can come out of you saying, this is how we used to think before. We have started to reevaluate that, and we believe that in doing this reevaluation, this part of this, our thinking is wrong, this part is right. So we're going to move forward only with the parts that, that are right. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, so when people say, oh, you are acting so woke now, the things we were doing before, everybody's not saying is wrong. What is, what, why can't we change that? Do you think the things that you were doing before, do you think that's what they're doing in, 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 in 1600s? Do you think? No. Somebody changed it. That's why you were doing it when you did it. It's your time to also change what the future generation would do in, in a better way. Right? So that's, that's how I see it. So. The fact that, you know, we sit around our beer parlors and just this political stuff and insult people and whatever. Is it when you're with the same, with the son of the person in the room? I wouldn't do that. If I walked into a room and I saw Buhari's kids there, to be very fair, I'm not going to go there slagging off their dad. Because what does that help me achieve? They're not the president. They're not the ones that are doing what they're doing. Why? So what's my, what's my beef with them? There's nothing, you know? And I don't even expect that conversation to be engaged in. I don't expect them to engage me to say, yes, our father did this, he didn't do that, whatever. It's just going to be me talking, talking for my own ego, for me to feel like, yes, I've said my mind, whatever. But what did this serve? Nothing. So, um, I don't know. I, I Please. Yeah, I've, I've been God. I think I'm someone who has the radar that always picked this thing up. You know, sometimes I'm watching television, yeah, like this Big Brother Nigeria that, and I see them, someone climbs the stage to say something and they say something that I'm like, wow, some people still say that in 2021. For instance, they were acting a drama and somebody came in as a security man and his name was Musa. I was like, isn't this so cliche? So in all of you that are there, 
you could not think say oh let's not use the house man as security because we already know that this is some kind of stereotype in nigeria and everything so can we do something else they were just repeating all of that nonsense that nollywood has shown us over time this is what these people are still doing in 2021 i was almost still trying to digest that another person now came in in her own drama skit she said she had, you know, she was she had suffered. Oh, I've been in the sun all day. See, I've become like dark skinned. The other one said, I don't like dark skin. She said, I don't like dark skin. No, I'm team light skin. I beg. I don't want to see how I'm looking black on national TV. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's the pause for me because I don't, I really don't know where to where to continue. But to be fair, I was still still trying to digest that. Then one other guy came in in his own drama. His name was Akman. And he had a bad leg and he's working like someone that has a disability and he defrauded somebody. And this woman that is trying to shout at him for defrauding her is saying, saying to him, I will break the remaining leg of yours that is still good. Useless boy. See you, I'll deal with you that your leg. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Do you think about people that are living with disability that watch this show? How would they feel at this very moment? Like, these are the things I mean. You know, you can be entitled to your opinion. I'm not trying to censor anybody. But I'm just saying, can we just freaking stick for a second and look around the room and say hmm, who could be offended by this thing i'm saying then when you know that someone could be offended by it then you stop you, you don't say it for me something that is very very that triggers me a lot is like tribalism you know because i i don't understand till dates that you say to me this is how yoruba people behave or this is how Igbo people behave if you want to say if you want to propagate any kind of stereotype let them be positive ones you know you know, I don't know. It maybe gives you some kind of, you know, for uh, what's the word now? This currency we have with people where we make them feel good and they just keep in their mind that, oh, Doris is a great person. Maybe that's, that could be a tactic for me now. If I give something to somebody, you're a bad person, they always come back thanking you. And that's, I think, maybe the cultural thing or whatever. They do that. They're like, okay, uh, thank you, oh, Doris. To see you two, two hours later, my dear, thank you. So I'll make a joke. I'll be like, ah. I know you are your bad girl. I'm not even till next year you see come see me and tell me thank me for this thing. And we have a laugh because that's not that's not a bad stereotype at all. That's a good thing. Oh, you guys are always grateful for every little thing someone does for you. You're not entitled at all. So I'm just saying like there are ways that we can have all these our feelings and stereotypes and opinions without really offending. Nobody knows what's going on in your head. You can be walking around with all the most stupid ways of thinking inside your head. It's when you voice them out, that's when I look at you and be like, yo, what are you saying? Um, I'm just going to wrap up this podcast, this um, episode of the podcast with this thing my mother always used to say. She would say, if you do not say anything, you will not be asked to repeat yourself. Right. So those are words on marble, right? Make of it what you will. But if you do not say anything, you will not be asked to repeat yourself. So just be careful what you say. Because anything you do not say will never be, be dissected on a podcast <laughs> by an unknown unknown girl somewhere in lagos yeah so thanks a lot guys for listening um so i'ma see you on the next episode um don't forget to read the room right <laughs> and if you have any questions queries you can always send an email or hit me up on instagram all right so until next time it's bye bye from me Mwah. bye